0: This is a Squeeze podcast, where your shortcut to being informed. After what has been one of the most expensive policy years in Australian history, the Federal Government handed down its 2021 22 budget this week. Let's face it, underlying cash balances, fiscal strategies and the price of iron ore aren't everyone's cup of tea. So don't worry, we won't go there, but we will give you a look at why budgets matter, what the big ticket items are and the politics of the whole thing. All of this in the context of a global pandemic, which has made the budget more relevant to our everyday lives than ever before. So settle in. In 10 minutes, we'll have you sorted. Squish Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. Pandemic or no pandemic, Claire, every year the government looks at how much money it has coming in from us, the taxpayer, and how much money it has to allocate to things like health, education, defence, transport and paying off debt. This is what we call the federal budget. At
1: its most basic, the budget is the government of the day's chance to set out its policy priorities each year. Parties make promises at elections and the budget sets out how they'll go about making those changes and how they'll do the things that they've promised to do. It also forecasts the state of the economy over what they call the forward estimates. That's fancy talk for the next four financial years. It includes targets on how fast the economy will grow, the unemployment rate, uh, how much tax and other revenue will be collected, which of course is really important when you're trying to figure out how to pay for the promises
0: always wondered what forward estimates meant, Claire, so there you go. Thank you for that. <laughs> Our pleasure. Other phrases that often kick around at budget time are debt and deficit. Despite their similarities, they do mean different things. Debt is money owed and deficit is when spending exceeds revenue. Let's focus on debt, though. We've heard a bit about that across the last year.
1: Yeah, we certainly have. And that's because the stimulus measures that were announced by the government to keep the economy ticking along during the pandemic has seen the total level of common North debt skyrocket to unprecedented highs. Uh, it's forecast to hit 980 billion dollars in the 2025 financial year. That's almost five times the level seen during the height of the global financial crisis in the late 90s.
0: So that's because of things like JobKeeper and others. We'll talk about that in a bit, Claire. Before we get to what's in the budget, anyone who has ever followed a budget will also know there's a lot of theatre around it.
1: Yeah, there is. It's a whole performance in Canberra. It's the biggest annual event in the parliamentary calendar, Uh, it's the treasurer's chance to shine as they set out those government priorities. And the reason why we talk about it so much is because those changes affect all of us as well as the economy, whether it be through new taxes or tax cuts, uh, how the government supports the business sector and jobs and funding for essential services and infrastructure.
0: It's all taxpayer money. So it's one thing to look at what you'll get or what you won't get, but it's also a chance for us, the people, to get a good look at how our taxes are spent and decide how we might vote because of it. I reckon that's enough of a scene setter, Claire. Let's get into exactly what was in the budget now. Pre-pandemic, we were headed towards a budget surplus for the first time since 2007, but like much of the world, instead, we suffered our biggest economic shock since the Great Depression. The government's response, Claire, was to spend and spend big. So the
1: government says it's already done a lot of the heavy lifting in the emergency phase of the pandemic. That's through the $90 billion JobKeeper program that helped 3.8 million people stay connected to work. There were increased JobSeeker payments that helped 1.5 million people without work, and there were additional support payments to millions of pensioners, carers, veterans, others on income support. And there was support for businesses that included the cash flow Boost, which supported 800,000 businesses and not-for-profit organisations, helping them
0: stay afloat. Yeah, lots of money thrown at all of that. At the peak of the craziness last year, there were dire predictions for unemployment and economic growth. We even tipped into recession for the first time in nearly 30 years. And then came the bounce back. It's
1: been described as miraculous what's happened in the Australian economy in the last few months. Treasurer Josh Frydenberg described it as Australia's economic engine, roaring back to life. But that doesn't mean that all is well. And what the government as part of this year's budget has done is to give Australia an economic plan and set policies that will protect Australians from COVID, create more jobs and guarantee essential services.
0: Well, that's what they say. Alrighty, then let's start there. What was in the budget that was specific to COVID.
1: There's $3.4 billion for more on that vaccine rollout and for COVID-related health services. That includes testing and tracing of cases. That takes the federal government's commitment to things directly related to COVID to $20 billion. It's been an enormous thing for a government to factor into its budget that just came out of the blue.
0: Yeah, that's the health stuff. Now jobs. And the good news is predictions of unemployment to hit 15% were never realised. In fact, Treasurer Josh Frydenberg says we're in the incredible position of having more jobs now than just before the pandemic hit. But he also says it isn't enough.
1: And that's why jobs was mentioned by the Treasurer 26 times during his speech on Tuesday night. (laughs) Yeah, if you had jobs on your bingo sheet, you were doing quite well. (laughs) The government reckons our way out of this is to have more people in work, creating goods and services that people consume and getting that wheel of economic growth turning. And when When you look across the budget, there are billions of dollars going towards supporting apprentices, upskilling workers, Mm. there's increased access to childcare funding, which is also a driver of higher workforce participation, particularly for women.
0: There's lots of other job stuff, but they're the big ticket items. Now looking at supporting essential services, there were big expectations for spending on aged care, Claire, after that Royal Commission delivered its final report earlier this year, which showed shocking cases of neglect and big funding gaps. $17.7 billion is headed that way.
1: Yeah, Frydenberg says it's a package of practical and targeted new funding to improve that system. There's 80,000 new home care places to help older people stay home while receiving support. That takes up a big slab of that money. There's funding also to increase the time that nurses and carers are required to spend with aged care residents and retention incentives to keep workers in the sector. Uh, There's other elements to that package with the government saying that it's a record commitment to aged care of $119 billion over the next four years.
0: Some other notable things to mention on the services front, the Treasurer announced an additional $2.3 billion commitment to Mental health and suicide prevention. That's the single biggest investment on record, a further $13.2 billion over four years to meet the needs of Australians with a disability through the NDIS. And Claire, one thing that was talked about a lot in the lead up to the budget, but not so much in the last couple of weeks, new funding for women's safety programs. Yeah, true. It hasn't been talked about in a
1: sharp focus that it was a few months ago. Uh, what was announced was $1.1 billion more for emergency accommodation, more legal assistance, counselling financial support, including cash payments for those who are escaping abusive relationships.
0: There are some big numbers in all of that. And there's been a variety of responses to each and every one of these announcements, some welcoming, some saying it's not enough and more needs to be done. But that's the raw look at what was announced. A lot of opinions also about the government's strategy, Claire. In this third segment, we're going to take a look at that. Budgets, Claire, are a big statement from the government of the day about its policy and political agendas. Let's start with policy, and what's being talked about a lot is how this coalition government is tackling the challenges thrown up by the coronavirus. And that's because many are saying it reflects a kind of budget you'd be more likely to see from a Labor government. Yeah, that's right. So the traditional way
1: for a budget put together by the Liberal and National parties is to deal with high deficit and debt by reining in spending and cutting things right back. Mm. But in these COVID times, their position is that the best way to rev up the economy is to spend on things that will support growth, like training that will lead to more jobs, even things like mental health, have a focus in this budget because it's seen as making Australians more productive.
0: And there are some lofty goals that need to be met to make that strategy stack up.
1: Yeah, and they include getting unemployment down to 4.5% by 2023-24 in order to push wages up, get people spending more, which creates more jobs, and that economic wheel keeps on turning.
0: There's also some big assumptions in the budget for the numbers to stack up.
1: Yeah, there is. And those are that the rate of economic growth will be 4.25% next financial year. That's a rate we haven't seen in Australia since the late 1990s. Mm. It's also assumed that all Australians who want to be vaccinated against the coronavirus will have gone through that process by the end of this year. We know there's been some issues with that rollout. Mm. And it also assumes that our national border won't be fully open until mid next year.
0: Yeah, many were hoping it might be open sooner than that, but it doesn't look like it based on what's in the budget. Speaking of borders, the hope also is that there won't be a serious outbreak of the virus and long lockdowns in our future and that state and territory borders remain open. That's all the pragmatic stuff, Claire. Then there's, of course, the politics of the budget.
1: Yeah, as well as those policy statements, budgets are always political because it's one side of the political spectrum putting its lens over the challenges and opportunities of the day. And timing also has a lot to do with it. This budget could be the last one before the next federal election. And certainly commentators have said a lot about how all that spending makes it feel like a pre-election budget.
0: We're not in the business of hypothesizing about election dates. It <laughs> no. could be any time. It could be any time in the next year <laughs> Though Prime Minister Scott Morrison, he tempered speculation of an early tilt. At the polls, gearing up for that is the Labour Party, the opposition. What's their take on the budget? Labor leader Anthony
1: Albanese has said a couple of things.
0: First is that
1: the big job the government has had this year is to sort out that vaccination rollout and also the hotel quarantine system. And he says that there's not enough focus on those two challenges. He also says that this budget is about short-term political expediency and not enough about making an opportunity for structural reform that would see wages increase and also investing in improving things like the education system, stuff like
0: that. So it begins. We'll be talking about all of this for at least 12 months, unless there's an election before then. That's your shortcut to the 2021 budget. On to our recommendations. (music) Each episode of Squeeze Shortcuts, we give a recommendation on some further reading, listening, or watching. I reckon a document we'll be referring to a lot in the coming weeks and months is the speech made on Tuesday night by Treasurer Josh Frydenberg. There's links to the document and a video of it too, in case you're more of a visual person. (laughs) You've got to watch something rather
1: than read it when it comes to this, I reckon. Yeah. (laughs) Give yourself a break. Uh, If you're interested in the politics of women and this budget, there is a cracking piece from ABC's Annabelle Crabb. There's a link to that in the notes as well.
0: Thank you for tuning into this episode of Squeeze Shortcuts. If you have a request for a shortcut, we have a few on the list, but we're always open to ideas. Send us a note to hello at the squeeze.com.au. Until next time.